another year, another disappointment at the draft lottery. Yeah, you know, at least we didn't fall back. That's all I gotta say. True. I wore True. my Gordy Howe Red Wing shirt, and it has nine on the front, and it's almost like I manifested. Uh, yeah. Overall, great. Maybe job, I, dude. Ma- yeah, maybe I jinxed it. Yeah, you know, I. It could have been a lot worse, but like Chicago getting first overall is, to, in my opinion, it's pretty bad. I'm I'm not thrilled about it. Um, this tweet from uh, John Cullen on Twitter. Uh, Arizona holds pre-draft workouts, loses first rounder. New Jersey signs Ilya Kovalchuk to a contract that was illegal at the time, loses first rounder. Chicago covers up covers up sexual abuse for a decade. Connor Bedard. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it definitely didn't help the rigged narrative for the NHL NHL draft lottery. As soon as when Kane and Tay's era is over in Chicago, they immediately get another superstar in their most prominent market, arguably in the U.S. Yeah, it, it does not help the narrative, <laughs> but hey, whatever. Welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. We're back off sabbatical. Uh, oh, plenty yeah. of change uh, for good reason. Um, we are now on our own. We're looking to grow. We have uh, split ties with Inside the Rink. Obviously ended on good terms, but... Um, Looking to grow on our own, spread our wings, and kind of get back to the old ways of how we first started here. So pretty exciting. We just launched the website. Um, that's productionlinepod.com. So check that out. Well, I'm going to start writing on there, uh, promote stuff there. We're going to try to, in the coming weeks, kind of establish a little YouTube content, get that going, and yeah, be on the lookout for a bunch of new stuff. But on this episode, kind of recap some news that's kind of leaked through the Red Wings in the past couple weeks. Um, playoff outlook. Um, some news that dropped today as well around Jake Wallman. But uh, I guess we should start with that, the freshest, right? Jake Wallman yeah. out in the World Championships. As soon as he ends his uh, his free agency for international play, I did love I did love that he was like was like a mercenary trying to get hired for either the U.S. or, the, or Canada. I love the drama behind it. He made it such a big deal. Yeah, when it's not. And it was like a college commitment. It was like, when am I going to commit? You have all three hats, but it's only two hats. Which I love I love the idea for? of like, I love the idea of Jake Wallman sitting at a table with like a Canadian hat and an American hat. And it's Doug Armstrong and Steve Eisman next to him, the two GMs that made the trade for him. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. It would be kind of funny. But uh, yeah, as soon as he picks, a couple days later comes out, he's going to miss the tournament. Or it came out today after a couple days after he committed to the tournament. He's gonna miss the entire tournament with an upper body injury. Um, obviously, terrible news for Canada. Not that I, I mean, Andy, obviously being the Canadian here, might care a little bit. I know it's World Championships, but um, you're the Canadian resident. <laughs> I wish I was a Canadian resident. I was, I'm the wannabe Canadian resident. But yeah. uh, Jake Wallman was probably gonna be their best defender. Uh, uh, well, him and Mac Weger. I was really excited to watch. Oh, him we, we, I was yeah, really no. excited to watch them two play together on the top. Man, that would have been a dominant pairing. Yeah, no kidding. That would have been a really good pair. Some some darlings right there. <laughs> yeah, anal, anal, analytic fans are going nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously you, you think about um, like where he was at last summer, right? He went underwent shoulder surgery. Not saying that's the case here. It's an undisclosed upper body injury, and it will stay that way because it's the summer, and the Red Wings don't let anything 
Literally, you will not find out about any other surgeries throughout the summer until training camp. That's how it always works. Like last year, we didn't find out that Jake Wallman had even had surgery until we were at training camp. And he's like, oh, yeah, Jake Wallman had surgery. He's going to be out the first month. Yeah. So um, airtight there. Yes. So I'm, I'm hoping it's nothing super serious. Obviously, we don't know. Because um, as well, it just adds on to um, Detroit's defensive questions now. As it was as it was shaping out to be one of a strength, honestly, of Detroit. Simon Edmonds also he went he it was announced he underwent shoulder surgery starting uh last Monday, so May first. Recording on May eighth. Um, and he's gonna yeah. miss four to six months. Yeah, that's tough. Um, especially for for him. I mean, he kind of had some good footing towards the end of the season, but w- with like the Wallman stuff, who knows? That could just be a completely little minor thing and he just doesn't want to risk anything and just take the summer and train um but if it were to be kind of big and if he did have to miss some time come training camp and Edvinson's has to miss some time those are big opportunities for like a couple of the younger left-handed defensemen not named Simon Edvinson like you look at Albert Johansson who probably would have been called up before Edvinson if it weren't for his injury that's one that might be up to start the season if those two are serious. Or also William Wallander. Willie Wally. Willie Wally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it definitely opens up some things. I guess I'm just kind of curious. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm I'm not factoring in the Wallman thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna say like until we know more, I'm gonna say it's kind of a minor thing, like you're saying, it's just enough to keep him out of the tournament and yeah, not want to deal with travel and just rest up and get back to training, but even that if it's in, would you, would you, would that change Detroit's summer outlook in terms of like adding another piece? Andy, I'm going to go to you first. Yeah, I think it would like, a, maybe not like a going after like a big piece pot. Well, you never know, I guess you never know what Steve has up his sleeve, but I'd hope so for sure. Yeah. Like, what do you think? No, but no, no, I I don't think so. I don't. He's not going to miss like all that much time, more than likely. And even at that, like I'm sure part of the offseason plan was to roll back in with the same left side. Like you have Wallman, you already have Mata there, and then you have Edvinson. I'm sure that was the outlook. And then you had Sherratt playing on the right side. You can either bump Sherratt back to the left and um or you keep Shrot on the right and you bring up someone else and then i'm sure they were going to resign like an Osterly as like right. a, or a good, or a depth a depth d a, a depth 7th or someone that can play 6d so i mean either you can roll with them at the start of the season and wait for Edvinson to get healthy or you may determine that one of Johansson or Wallander are kind of in the same boat as Edvinson yeah I guess I, I guess with Edmondson, my I only phrased the question simply because it's a tough it's a tough injury in the sense of like I think Edmondson's biggest thing was getting stronger and getting bigger, like filling out a little bit more, and that's the one thing he can't do this summer. I think cardio he'll be fine, and all of that. I, it's just more so him like bulking up and actually getting getting into game rhythm. So I guess I'm I'm curious to like leave him like on the NHL roster and he starts the year in Detroit, 
if he if like let's say he can't participate in camp because again four months and oftentimes teams will post um they'll post injury timelines longer than what people will like you know what they actually think it is simply for the fact you don't want to disappoint you don't want to piss off people like to the public we think it's four to six months but it could be shorter because obviously it's just how they do it it's a kind of a marketing thing um so i guess it's kind of a maybe is on the shorter end four months would put them right in september and you're getting right into Travis city at that point and you can again he can do skating he can do stuff like that with like obviously with the upper body injury so I don't know. I don't It'll be know. interesting to see how it plays out and to see how severe the injury was. Significant. Yeah, definitely. Because again, I, mean, I think I'm trying to think Walman. They didn't like announce when Walman had it, but he didn't come back until October, I believe. Right. It was like when they were on the road. It was like they, when they went to like the, the Cal- they took their California trip, I think, which was like game like thirteen or fourteen, I want to say. Yeah. Um. So I mean, he didn't miss that much time. But again, it's still it's it's tough early on. Like again, people are looking at what the D looks like, and again, how Evanson played down the stretch. He could have been a real X factor for. I mean, well, I think he still is a big X factor. But like, even to start the season, he would have been a big X factor. But no, Johansson definitely f- plays in this. I think he's more so an option over Wallander. The sense of like Grant said, it seemed like the organization really really valued him and almost like seemingly like publicly announced that they he was higher on the pecking order. Yeah. That's true. Um so yeah. We can uh kinda I kinda wanna do like a little bit of a deep dive into ninth overall. Red Wings obviously don't move. Stay at nine. Um I guess immediate thoughts other than you know lose a lottery it's a bummer you don't get Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli. Grant, I guess we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure whoever we're going to pick at nine overall, anyways, is probably way better than Bedard and Fantilli. Like, they're probably both busts. So, I mean, does it really matter? No. Were they going to possibly change the outlook of a franchise? No. Definitely not. Definitely not. Like, they're not even that good. Um, No, that's just it, though. Like, Getting one of those two guys on your roster, they'll make an immediate impact and pretty darn significant, especially like coming onto a roster like Detroit where there's already like a foundation. Like obviously, Bedard's not going to put up 100 points with Chicago next year. Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, it was that Jay Frisch tweet, right? Yeah, he's going to be... Uh, there's a funny tweet. It said like, Bedard, Dickinson, and Tyler Johnson then um, said I'm already drooling. That was from Jay Fresh on Twitter. <laughs> oh, he's got he's got Taylor Radish there too. Come on. Oh, that's a good point. Congrats, uh, a guy who can pot fifteen. Yeah. Andreas Athanasiu. <laughs> he's a free agent. Oh, that's right. He is. He's a free agent. I thought he signed a two year. No, it was one. It's a one. Um. Yeah, Andy. What are your kind of thoughts? Uh, I mean, obviously, like, as a fan, you want the Wings to get a lottery pick, but our chances were not the strongest as it could have been or or whatnot, I guess. So, like, at least we didn't get jumped this year. Or, like, we didn't go down. That's all I got to say. Um, 
we were right where we were project projected to be. So I woke up like 10 minutes before we started recording. So I haven't put too much thought into it. Just that. You were smart. You were smart. (laughs) You saved yourself a lot of time. Yeah. You saved yourself a whole 30 minutes. So, I mean, good for you. Didn't waste your time on that. Seeing Bill Daly hold the Anaheim logo upside down. That was the big, you missed that. That was awesome. (laughs) I'm sure if I go on Instagram or Twitter, I'll see it. I made made the whole draft lottery worth it. (laughs) I was so happy I sat through 30 minutes of that just to see that. That was actually really exciting. No, also like the the GM cams, because they don't do it in person anymore. It's all on Zoom. Right. They didn't show uh, Iserman and Draper. Iserman literally just pulled out his piece of paper and started pointing at uh, pointing at the paper, which I'm guessing was a list. And it was just yeah. like, okay, here, here. But didn't it look like that? It kind of did, actually. I forgot they did show him. I was trying to... No, it was Dra- it was him and Draper. They yeah. were sitting at the table. Um, but yeah, no, there's some really awkward <laughs> shots. Like, um, Patrick Alvin kind of like chuckling and like smiling. They all like, chuckled. Like, what do you, what do you expect to jump 10 spots? It was, um, I was listening to 32 thoughts, uh, today actually. And they were talking about how GMs hate it. They hate being shown on camera during the draft lottery. I would hate that too. Cause I'm sure you're visibly usually upset. Yeah. Especially like if you're like Columbus, I felt bad for, uh, Yarmo. Yarmo. Yeah. Dude. Like. How do you not show your emotion there? It might have been the best case scenario for them, though, because I felt like didn't it, like his connection to Columbus, like it almost felt like Drago Gallant was going to sign in Columbus, and then he would just stunt the growth of another top top pick. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's definitely up to Yarmo, though. I mean, is that actually a thing that like Gerard is? I'm, I'm kind of I'm half joking with oh, Ranger okay. fans blaming uh, Gallant oh. for their players not developing. That is I don't really have an, I don't really have an opinion. I just yeah I think Gerard Gallant's a fine coach. I don't really have a pen. I don't really have an opinion on him. I'm glad they didn't develop well. Like I mean they should have never but won the lottery anyways. Yeah right. Just yeah. to think I would take all three players that were drafted after Lafreniere over him right now. Yeah. Because I mean, even not, Byfield, and more of them, and more of them, and mo- a lot more of them. Like I'd take Jarvie, Lundell, Sanderson. Sanderson, Mercer. <laughs> oh my God, Mercer! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, like you think about, like even Byfield was talked about, like because he hadn't been ever healthy, and now that he's finally healthy, he was a menace in the playoffs. He he's just so he's so raw and toolsy. He's gonna be <laughs> so good. Like he's. He already like in the playoffs. He looks so darn good, and like Lafreniere just does not show that same like poise as like the three players drafted after him. Yep, like you'll see flashes of him like going between the legs and stuff, but other than that, like I've never really seen him do anything. Yeah, right now he's a middle, middle six winger. Yeah, I was gonna say he's an average second he's to a, third liner. He's a better Philip Zadina. Yep. <laughs> basically basically it'll cost you a lot more um uh, i guess it kind of just goes to show like if that's like words of encouragement for red wing fans i'm not saying obviously bedard and fantilli will be bust but like when you look back in a draft in a couple of years you start to notice like all the guys after like there's plenty of options i know grant and i have kind of really started doing deep dives into the draft and we have obviously that you look at the the national development program just in michigan Obviously, you got Ryan Leonard. That whole top line, Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot. Will Smith's going to be out of range, but 
get all those guys. There's a couple interesting names out of Sweden, like Dalbor Dvorsky, Sandine Pelka. You can solve the right-hand defenseman. Tom Willander is a quick riser for some people. Kind of a more Sider-esque rise. Not saying he's going to be the same player. I'm just saying it's the same same kind of story going from a second-round pick to all of a sudden you're now being talked in the top ten. Dvorsky is really interesting to me because – the way he dominated the U18 tournament for Slovakia was like it was special. It was like Leon Dreisaitl in the playoffs, except yeah. it was like a national on the national stage with a team that's not the most talented. And I do, I do have Dvorsky ranked really high. I'm a big um, Dvorsky fan. I'm high on him too. I just, um, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see where he lands. I feel like he's kind of got. A, a Marco Casper vibe to him as like this kind of last year. Like they're both really high, highly competitive. Oh no, we end up with two Marco Caspers. That'd be awful. That would be awful. <laughs> no. And I, I'm, I know obviously I'm, I'm going to take a deeper look. I'm going to do kind of a, a uh, look at each pick on a, an article, kind of a more longer form one, which now I have kind of more of a freedom to do. So um, I look, kind of look at, um, like five guys at each around there. And I'm going to obviously go off the Bob list, which just kind of came out too. And Dvorsky was at six on the Bob, which, which is very high. He was kind of, depending on who you ask, he's kind of been around like mid, mid teens throughout the year, especially like in the public list. Like you look at like a Corey Pronman and stuff like that. Obviously he's rose, risen on Pronman's list too, but like a Scott Wheeler. um, Yeah. He's definitely an interesting guy. I really, his shot, his shots insane. Really good release. I mean, you got the Oliver Moore flavor too, who's if you profile him perfectly, like he's the easiest comparable to Dylan Larkin. You even look at the draft draft year story of being the second line center. Oliver in the big, yeah, like he's really interesting to me. Simply for the fact, like I feel like there's always a little bit of a worry from drafting from a first line that's that dominant. Mm-hmm. Like you got Perot, Smith, and um Leonard. Leonard. Um, all three of those guys were unreal producers this year for the NTDP. Two of them broke records. Two of them broke records, and Leonard was no slouch either. Scored fifty goals. Yes, I I just it's, I feel like, it can be a little bit concerning. Like, I'm sure one of those players, L won't pan out to be the player that that they were producing to be. You know what well, I mean? Yeah, what was it in um that the Dylan Larkin's uh national development team, who was the first line in front of him? It was Jack Eichel, Tuck, and Milano, I believe. He, and you, or was and it, you look Yeah. It was, was Milano. Roslevic? No, Roslovic was with Matthews. Oh Roslovic was Matthews. Okay. Yeah, so I mean you kinda of look at it that way. I mean Sonny Milano still a pretty decent player. But he's not like where he was picked, right? Mm-hmm. He's a decent contributor. Tuck ended up being really good, and Jack Eichel obviously is Jack Eichel. But like, yeah, because Delano went in front of Tuck, didn't he? Went in front of Larkin too, or no, no, he went after Larkin. I think maybe he was around Larkin. He went around Larkin. Yeah, yeah, he went after Tuck. I believe. Or... I just need to pull up the twenty fourteen draft. He, he he went before Tuck. Did he? Okay. Yes, I, I'm almost positive. Uh, but, yeah, freestyle a little bit until I found it. Yeah, I mean, like that's just what I what I mean about that. Like Oliver Moore, kind of gives that 
Dylan Larkin vibe. I mean, that's kind of a pretty good comparable. Like, I feel like Sonny Milano has interesting issues, but he has like a unique offensive ability like to create he's kind of he's kind of the game pro that's you know? kind of what i was comparing him to and then tuck. um so i found it milano went right, right after dylan larkin he went 16 larkin was 15 and tuck went 18 okay so all right around and i think that yes. could be really similar like all four of those guys i'm assuming will go top 18 again yes, like sim- easily. similarly i'd even that. go like go like top, what were you saying top 15 yeah top 15 okay. um y- yeah i man they're all so talented. Yeah. And we'll do like more. I think like, obviously we're just kind of looking at it quickly, like guys who are in the range and we can do as stuff kind of progresses, w- what it's looking like. Cause again, there's still a chance as well. Like Detroit doesn't end up with both these picks of this year's draft with now the news, like you don't get that franchise changer. It's kind of going to have to force Eisman a little bit. And we've talked about it a little bit, whether it be, you know, Kyle Connor or like you look at New Jersey as well, having to choose between Meyer and Brat, Brat likely, one of those guys, Debrinket seemingly out in Ottawa, a Nick Schmaltz in Arizona. I don't know what's whatever your flavor is, right? There are guys who are kind of like going to be probably up for trade, and the Red Wings have plenty of assets to make said trade. And you kind of have like with without like help immediately coming out of the way. And the Red Wings have kind of made it clear. They kind of want to be competitive and you want to make the most out of Dylan Larkin's current window. Young guys still being under relatively good contracts. Like this is kind of the time to start turning the corner and being a competitive team. If not being in the playoffs for sure next year. Yep. Adding those pieces to get to that stage and while it's affordable. Yes, and that's why I mean having four first round picks the next two year next two years along with um it's a, is it five seconds I think I don't think they have an extra second in twenty twenty four either way they have a lot of seconds as well so yeah, plenty of I pieces mean, three right in a row this year not to mention the glut of left handed defensemen in the minor league system so will be interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I'd I'd like to think we'd do a little bit more coverage on that towards towards draft day. Yeah, we'll have a we'll yeah. have a fun episode for sure. I'll tease that out right now, but uh, that'll be a good time. Um, kind of, I think we'll kind of move in the playoffs. Quicker episode today. Uh, we're getting back into things after taking a little hiatus, and yeah, kind of just getting back into things quickly. Though I, I did forget to mention Carter Mazur making the. The U.S. roster for the the men's uh, world championship. So big ups to him, and he's not. I wouldn't even say like he's the bottom tier player on the team. Like he should get plenty of opportunity, and also with uh, right in front of Derek Lalonde too. Lalonde too. So that's actually kind of interesting. Get to prove get to prove himself before. That's a really yeah. big opportunity for him. Yeah, and a world where it's a possible reality that he makes the team. Um, getting to do it right in front of Lobone's eyes, possibly grow a bit of a connection there with Derek. Um, that's gonna be really big for him. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, he had enough. I know he's like again the U.S. roster. You look at it. I mean, there's not a bunch of names on it that are really good. I think Nick Nick Benino, Alex Tuck are kind of like the main NHL guys that are on the roster. So not like cream of the crop, but I mean, you still you're gonna play against some really good NHL competition, like. Lucas Raymond's on Sweden. 
Cider announced it was announced today that Cider was gonna be playing for Germany. Um, again, you're playing in some good. You're still playing against good guys, so it's a big it's a big test for Mazer. But I mean, obviously, he showed really well in the AHL, and I think there's the bottom six. I think honestly is like totally wide open for me. I, there's nothing set in stone there really. Could be really yeah. interesting, and who makes where? Like a guy like even like. Like Elmer Soderblom is gonna be competing for a spot. I'd throw Mazer again right in that conversation. Kind of, you yeah. Can, they could fill a similar similar role, honestly, as like last year to start. There's yeah, there's three guys, three forwards that are gonna be looking to break the roster for sure. Yeah, and possibly. Catherine. Who knows more? Maybe, maybe right. guys will be more ready than you think. Yeah, definitely. But no, what was I, Casp- what's that? Oh, I was just what was Casper's timeline for recovery? Uh he'd be ready pretty early, I believe. It was like yeah. a small clip. It was like a more yeah, it was he was supposed to be fine in terms of training. Perfect. That's good. I don't remember I don't him. remember That's... the exact I don't remember the exact timeline, but I don't think it was supposed to significantly affect his like off season training. That's why they did it so early. Weeks. That's why yeah. they just shut no, him that's... down. That's good. That's good for him and the the heart of fate, fate of heart for the wingspan. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I, I loved the people trying to will into like, oh, Wallman's out for the world championship, so that means we'll have good news with the Red Wings draft lottery. <laughs> yeah. I do like I do like that optimistic thinking. Um yeah, I think this is kind of fun time to kind of move into the, the NHL playoffs. As we haven't really I don't think we've we we haven't touched on the playoffs since we did previews. Like in the cool. series. That's how long it's been since we were last recorded. And we're now like well into the second round. Uh, I did want to kind of start with like John Cooper, like since we were already talking about Derek Lalonde, John Cooper had the most loaded diaper comments about Derek Lalonde, and that was just funny to me. It was hilarious to see him get knocked out in the first round, just because of those comments, in my opinion. It was kind of funny to see them get knocked out, as if like as if anyone who has public tracking data could not like just research what what where Vasilevsky was letting in goals and make that same distinction. It would not take yeah. a lot of work. So anyone that yeah. has, yeah, anyone that has an analytic team already knows that. Yes, every, every team in the NHL true. knows how to do it. <laughs> exactly. So like, it's not a, it's not as big of a deal as he thinks. It's like what he's doing. I know he's probably trying to spark a fire under his team for whatever reason. I know they're really good buddies, but like, in the public eye, like it's just loaded diaper. Like you're being a big baby about it. So, yeah. I thought that was funny, but. Uh, what's honestly even funnier is like the Maple Leafs finally break their first round, like the first round curse, and then they're about to get swept in the second round. Like how Maple Leafs is that? Yeah, yeah, that makes me so happy. Honestly, like I couldn't think of it, and it also helps the Red Wings. Everyone should be rooting for this as a Red Wings fan because the Red Wings will now move up one spot in the in the in the draft of their second pick, go from eighteen to seventeen right. because Florida will be making the conference final. So, thank you, Florida. That's for yeah. sure. But no, I do love what's going to come out of Toronto. Like, that you can't run this back, I don't think. No. Because, great, you you got past the first round, but, like, that doesn't mean anything. You lost in four games to a team that was 17th in the NHL. You got to think Keith's in the hot seat, no? Unfortunately, I do think Keith's a good coach. He got a, he's got no What has he done? Games. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can't really defend him. I don't. I don't know how you call, can call him a good coach when he's done nothing. And then... I think Dubas is gone too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. The I, report, I really the report was the ownership well, is 
the ownership split into three different sections for the Leafs. Only Larry, T- Larry Tannenbaum wanted him to be re-signed. The other two, which is Sportsnet and TSN that own the Leafs, did not want anything to do with them. They didn't want to sign him an extension. Crazy. And then there was a there was a report out that the how do they word it relationship between Dubis and Shanahan is on rough waters. Yeah, Shanahan's not in the, the, the owners, but the, he's not in the he's not in the GM's box anymore. The games. Yeah. When you pan to him, which he used to be all the time, right? Spets so, Yeah, Shan Shan Shanban. Yeah. Shan-ban. Um. So, uh, definitely some interesting things, and obviously, like you look at like the quote unquote core four there, like who's gone. I mean, it's fun to fun to talk about when it's not Tavares. Not Tavares. He's locked in. It yeah. has to, it has to be Willie. I'm assuming. Yeah, it has to be, and he's he been like. Probably the most energetic one out of the four. Depending on what time of the game it is. The third period, he's been electric. He has been electric in the third period, that's for sure. He's so damn skilled, too. It's just like some some games he's like, I'm just not there. I have to to send you guys this video. I sent it to my one buddy, or two of my buddies that are Leafs fans, and it's the funniest thing. It's about Nylander just, like, he'll be hot in the offensive zone, come back to the defensive zone, it's just shutting down, like, Oh, he's, he's been a liability. He, no, he's been a liability. It's yeah, kind of funny. Even it's kind like of funny. the turnovers from Matthews and Marner have been outrageous. Like, dude, they shit their pants. It was like whatever the the one turnover where Matthews just tried to flip it over a little. Yeah, what is he doing? Like, you could go anywhere else, and yeah. it was yeah, whatever. That I was... get that you get handcuffed with a pass, but you had a full second to like just chip the puck off the like just hammer the puck. Literally do, do something else. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let do anything else. Pucks, pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Exactly. So definitely um a interesting watch, and I'm super excited what their offseason looks like. Because their their cap their cap is fucked too. It's bad because like the biggest concern going into the playoffs for them is their defensive core. And I think Morgan Riley's been their best player. Yeah, I know. They I still think they need another guy on the back end. Obviously, like obviously you need a really good first pairing, but like if you'd have told me like Morgan Riley would be their best playoff play- player, I would have said you're crazy. He's been the best. Yeah, and even Definitely. like Samsonov's counting stats aren't great, but he like, hasn't been that gr- bad. Uh, the amount of great A's that he they've given up against him, dude. The amount of two on ones in this series is crazy. Poor yeah. guy. Like Bob's and, and of course, and of course he goes down an injury last game. Yeah, and then Joseph Wall gets thrown to the wolves. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. He did. He did well for that to be in that situation. Honestly, yeah, he was like, fine. I, I mean, obviously, <laughs> du- Duclair absolutely sent him to the shadow realm. That was such that move, a nice. But, move. Yeah. I thought he was gonna oh. do it again too when he got oh, that know, second yeah. breaker. He's yeah. got yeah, some no. silky hands. Yeah, like like to your point, Grant. Bob has been playing like he makes ten million dollars. Yeah, he's been he's been quite good. Um, but now Florida's a super fun story. They're like they're constructed like. Decently well too. Florida is Up like if, front, Bobro- I, I still, if Bobrovsky's I, playing really well, he's one of the best in big, the league. Yeah, that's a big band aid for that. that back end. A, I mean, Bobrovsky's a big if. Like he's never mm-hmm. usually playing like this, especially over like the last umpteen umpteen years. Um, like I like I like their forwards are good. I like their forwards. Their defense is still such a huge. Besides Montour, I like and their defense. I'm a I'm a big Ekblad hater. I'm not gonna lie. 
I'm a little yeah, bit of an Ekblad hater too, but you can't just not say that he's not good. Yeah, like, he's still he's, he's still a good player, yes, but like I think he's extremely overrated. He's he's overrated. There's times I, where I think like you compare the two names, and I think Forsling's better than Ekblad, or at least yeah. playing better. At I do like. Forsling's I think better. Forsling's pretty good. I do like yeah. Forsling, and I thought Mahura has like really stepped up this year. Yeah, and our boy Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl is kind of a can be a liability, but. You mean a good time. A good time, yeah. <laughs> That's what you mean. He has more goals for the Leafs than Marner, Matthews, Tavares, and Nylander combined in the series. Do you know that? Because he's a good guy. That's, that's why. Yeah. Good Ontario good boy. He loves the Leafs deep down inside. Yeah, he's deep down. He's a huge fan. Um, but yeah, no, that series is super fun. I'm excited to see the fallout there. But also, I mean, the Bruins. Got to shit on the Bruins a little bit. They go all in, and then they lose to Florida, too, to even let this happen. I'm yeah. super excited about their offseason, too, because obviously living in the area, people were about to implode. Like, people are pissed. <laughs> of, They're like, A lot of chatter. A lot of chatter. Let's trade Linus Allmark. He's a bum. Um, Jeremy Swayman's ready to go. You got, like, Taylor Hall after a really good playoff. See ya. <laughs> like... I don't know how the, I don't know what they're expecting to happen when you do we trade all those pieces because I know you, you kind of have to like you kind of have to make moves in the cap because they have no cap because they yeah. went all in and now they have almost five million dollars in bonuses to pay, which will be counted on the cap next year. It's a, it's a cap penalty of what four ish four point four point five four point five million. So yeah, yeah, you got to pay Swayman. He's an RFA. I know it's Frederick's an RFA. And if you want to bring back Bergeron and Krejci, obviously those cost money. I don't think you do. I don't think they're going to come back. So you save save a little cap there. But I guess like in turn, though, you're still paying four point five million for players that don't play. Yeah. And I don't know how you expect to get better when also you add that up and you're trading Hall and Allmark for likely cap moves and you're not taking any players back. Yeah. They're kind of. Uh- Kind of handcuffed there, kind of strapped. Yes, it's very fun. I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, Good I was time. pissed when they lost. Well, I was I was heartbroken when they lost because playoff for Tuesday is just unbelievable to watch. Playoff for Tuesday was fun, but we get to enjoy yeah. it for seven games, and like we still have their first round pick next year, and, and that honestly and, looks pretty. That looks pretty juicy right now. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Hopefully. So, Hopefully it's good. I mean, obviously I said well, this last year about the Bruins, and then yeah, they, I said, yeah, I have set a record for the Bruins. Hold like an Undertaker thing, and he comes out of the coffin. And just... What's up, fellas? I'm here. What's up? But now, um, yeah, definitely. I know. I just saw a comment. He, uh, um, a Bruins report. I think it was Matt Porter reached out to Todd Le- Todd Reynolds, who's uh, Bertuzzi's agent, and he said they haven't had any contact yet with the Bruins in terms of a contract extension. They probably he, have to figure out where people are, what their next move is to make cap space yeah. for. Like, like literally, because again, it's like it's hard to like actually like, yeah, hard to. Oh, I also saw like there's, there's people's like petitioning for McAvoy to get traded. Yeah, you like, guys are crazy. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, trade him right to the wings. Yeah, yeah, I'm, that's fine. We could use another right-handed defense. We could. could. And the way he played in that playoffs, I, I actually loved. Like I, I, I've never been a McAvoy hater. I just thought so like, a, yeah, I just thought like, because obviously like they're a premier team. So even when I'm a stand, like my dad's in Canada, they're always on TV. Right. But like, 
he just kind of goes under the radar. But then watching him in playoffs, he could be a prick to play against. Lay a, like lays the body and not afraid to lay the lumber. But then he's a thick boy. He's just, a thick boy. Oh yeah, he's he like this playoff series. That playoff series, sorry, really upped his stock in my opinion. Really, and people really hated his playoff. I thought he Dude, sucked in the playoffs. D- yeah, no, it was more or less like his physicality. Like physicality. I knew he was. Yeah, like I didn't think. Andy, like, Andy's always in his boomer window. He loves to see people throwing stuff around. Uh, like his turnovers were uh, unbelievable. Like that's the worst I've seen. Yeah, but, the play. yeah, but Florida's doing that to everyone right now. Like, like they're they're so freaking compiling. They they are. I just there were so many unnecessary turnovers, Dude, like just bad passes. Like I mean, it like the Ryan O'Reilly pass last game. Just throws it in back into his D zone from the neutral zone right to Matthew Chuck's stick for a Sam Bennett breakaway, and then he tries to go in between the legs, like stuff like cool. stuff yeah. like that. McAvoy was doing like game on end. Like I that's thought, fu- yeah. that's future that's future Red Wing Ryan O'Reilly. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Smell yeah. But even the Panthers are making Justin Hall look bad. Stop well, that's that. impossible. You can't, you can't <laughs> make Justin Hall look bad. He's never bad. Yeah, he's he's a, he's stellar back there. Yeah, he's he's elite. It's <laughs> tough. He's an elite PKer, that's for sure. Yeah, now, really, uh, but it's back there. It's definitely an interesting. It's it's an interesting offseason again for that for that team as well. Um, another one right now, like dude, the New Jersey Devils continue to be very fun. Uh, they they just they're very allergic to the first two games of series. <laughs> and then and then all they need is a goalie switch, and then uh, they're ready to go again. Um. They're such a fun team, and they're the prototypical. Like they're the the blueprint for young teams coming out of it. On how they play, with pace, really good defensive structure, and a really strong transition game, they're a lot of fun. Um, also inserting just being able to insert Luke Hughes into your second pair, so much fun. Yeah, what a game he yeah. had too. I think that should have been a little bit earlier, but yeah, yeah, he looked phenomenal. It's hard though. Like he barely got to play in the regular season because obviously Michigan had a long season, and it's just like it's tough. Your your team that finished second, like in your in your division, with home ice advantage, it's it's tough to actually be like, okay, we're ready to go. We're gonna put him in right away. You know what I mean? It is, but I don't really see a world where Kevin Ball should have been in over him. I mean, not not in this. Definitely not in this series. Well, yeah, I guess I could make an argument. You could make an argument for the other one because the Rangers don't play with the pace that Carolina does. Yeah, Kevin Ball's That's, a lot bigger. Speaking of another screwed team, that team's shafted. Oh, yeah. yeah, the only team that's worse off than the Maple Leafs is the New York Rangers. They are in cap hell. Yeah, we the Red Wings could just like I'll take like they could, they could just offer sheet Alex Lafreniere if they wanted to. And the Rangers could do he's nothing. He's not an RFA, though, is he? He's yeah, he is. Year. No, he's an RFA this year. Oh, he is? Oh, him yeah. and Kako? Could, no, Kako, Kako's under contract for another year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but you could offer Sheet Lafreniere for literally like $4.2 million, and the Rangers would really have to think about it. They'd have to move pieces around. I don't know if I would do that even. <laughs> you put like a Kakanyami situation. Yeah. Because it's like you can overpay him in the beginning and then try to figure it out from there. Which would be a lot of fun, yeah. and I would I would really as a, as a not necessarily for the Red Wings, obviously. I'm I'm talking just as a team chaos supporter. I'd be a big fan of that. Yeah, 
of fan bases we don't care for. Yeah, I don't love the New York Ranger fan base. I don't yeah. mind seeing them. I mean, again, when you look at their team build, they're a team that rushed their rebuild because they got lottery luck when they actually needed way more than what they got. And they're oh. like, let's get aging superstars, which which is a cautionary tale for Red Wings. I will say that. So I acknowledge that summer moves aren't as easy as what people think. But again, I don't want the Red Wings to be absolute merchants in the free agent market, especially this year. I would like them to have smart trades of guys who are, you know, in their mid-20s or younger, and you try to go from there. But, like, you look at the Rangers, obviously, they signed Panarin to a big contract. Power play merchant. Mika Zibanejad gets a long-term deal. Can't do shit five-on-five. Five. Also very good in the power play. I mean, you can keep going here. They're Both their deadline acquisition, accus, yeah, acquisitions. Um, Both power play guys. Chris Kreider, yeah. probably their most, like... Out of those guys, probably the most like productive at five on five, but he's still not a five on five guy. At least Kreider's good on the penalty kill too. <laughs> I like Kreider. I do. I do like Chris Kreider, even though he goes offsides a lot. I was like, just saying, I always love watching Rangers games. Like at least once a night, he's thirty five feet offsides. Because he cooks, he doesn't know how to stop. It's fine <laughs> unless it's in front of the net because he loves he's like, the tip. He's like Luis Mando- Yeah, he's like Luis Mendoza. Can't stop. Yeah, true, true. But no, um, very, very fun, like as in a neutral observer watching the Rangers kind of figure out what they need to do. And then fire Gerard Glonk because their owner's a fucking maniac. Yeah. Very fun there. I don't know. What other storylines are you guys kind of looking at in the playoffs? I guess I kind of just did an Eastern bias thing, so we probably should move to the West, but... What do you guys think? Um, well, Seattle was obviously a big surprise, kind of. I don't know why I didn't I mean, start not, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I guess if you're coming into the playoffs, look, looking at the picture, you're like, okay, Colorado's going to handle them. But Colorado got banged up. They lost like the Chushkin and stuff like that, and they just yeah. I don't, don't want to dip. I don't want to dip my toes in that water. Yeah, but like. That didn't obviously help them at all. So, like, it really was just McKinnon ranting in, and then they lost McCarr for two games. So, that didn't help them at all. But then they just continue to put up, like, like well, actually, what was it? That? It wasn't last night. It was Sunday night, right? Uh, Sunday? Today's, Mon- Today's Monday. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sunday night for the Stars cracking. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, like, the first period put me to sleep. And then I watched the first five minutes and it was of the second period it was like two or three nothing and then i was like okay this game's over go to bed but yeah they're kind of they're kind of a surprise like a good surprise it's fun dude yeah it's just like every player like has to score a goal on their roster it seems like before the other guy can score next if you look at their top goal scorers and i mean they're playing with burkowski and mccann too it's impressive it's super impressive what they're doing two best offensive players arguably besides been years Put some respect on Ty Cartier's name. Yeah, true. Yeah. Sue, Sue Greyhound boy. Let's, let's go, Hounds. The Sue boys. Sue's well represented. I'm just going to say, no matter what going on. Well, the yeah, round. the goat himself, Michael Amadio. <laughs> well, Amadio, then you got Miller. Milsey. <laughs> yeah, you got Milsey, and then you got uh, <laughs> Dubis. And... Andy loves Milsey. <laughs> I love calling him. The whole Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> roster. Yeah, it's true. Connor yeah. Timmins, we can well, keep going. Yeah, like, Dubis, like even like I'm talking about guys who just from the suit alone. 
I know, yeah, right? Jesus. Dubis, Ron, Ronnie Franchise. Uh, oh, yeah, Ronnie Paul Franchise. Maurice. Yeah, Paul Maurice. Oh, yeah, Maurice is, Ma- yeah. Amadio and Miller. And Andy's personal friends with all these people, so. Yeah, I, I, I had coffee with him once or twice every day. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny, funny shit. But no, the Kraken are uh, very, very fun. I do enjoy watching them a lot. Because it's like it's not one guy. You can go like every line you go out there and it's like, ooh, they can score. It's you know the same. I mean? yeah. One through four is literally the same. Like I heard uh I think it was Jeff O'Neill was talking about it on Overdrive. And he's like, literally they're the same. I was like, I was just thinking that. Like there's not you could throw your fourth line out and they can play 15, 20 minutes and you wouldn't even notice the difference, it feels like. I I think like the Seattle series with Dallas is so interesting simply because I honestly wasn't completely shocked what they did to Colorado because of their roster right now and the depletion with injuries and um, people not playing. But when you look at Dallas, that team, that is a deep hockey team. Uh, Dallas is currently my pick. With superstars. Yeah. And, and, Unbelievable goaltending. Like they're, they're, excuse me. They, uh, they're, yeah, they're a cup favorite, in my opinion. Exactly. Like, in what they're like to have them already up to one, that's really, really impressive to me. I know, like, they beat Colorado in seven, but that's just not as impressive as being up two one on Dallas, in my opinion. Because Colorado is depleted. Dallas is deep. Dallas is really deep. They got everything, everything you could want, all the checklists for a cup team. Number one D, elite number one D, I should say. Miro Heiskanen, very, very good. Snubbed from the Norse here, in my too. opinion. He snubbed. He snubbed no. in the. He was snubbed in the top three, maybe not. Yes, he was. Stu- he snubbed in the top three. I think Ek should win it hundred percent. Yeah, people are really like overthinking it a little bit, just because he's a minus twenty six. I don't even care. Like he plays plus minus is the most. <laughs> he played for San Jose. What do you expect? Until yeah. until there's a separate award for an offensive and defensive defenseman, Eric Carlson should win this award. Yeah, right. I agree. It's frustrating because it doesn't actually go to the name of the award, but how they've currently graded it, Eric Carlson should win. That being said, I think Miro Heiskin should still be a top three guy because he's unbelievable. His stats were really good this year, too. That's what I'm saying. He also had the counting stats. Because years past, he had to be like a 45-50 point guy, but still was a really good defender. Like, one of the like arguably one of the best defensive defensemen. And he can skate like the wind. He's super good in transition. He's just so much fun to watch. And then you go to the he front. Fucks. You go to the Literally. front. Obviously, Jason Robertson's been a monster the past couple of years, but Rupe Hint's coming into his own again. He's been a point per game guy, but this playoffs he looked really good. Rupe looks really good. I I'd like to see Jason Robertson take a step up in these playoffs. I would as well. Um, but Rupe Pavelski have both been really really good. Tyler Sagan, when Pavelski was out, had been very very good too. Yep. He, I would say he's taken a step back since the start of the series, but they have well, a lot of pieces. His cookies were taken back away from him. He got that fireplace. Yes, but he's still on the first line. Like, yeah, he's on the first line. Oh, that that first line is is Ben still centering it too, or no? It's first line. It's it's Rupe Hints. Rupe Hints. Hints, and then Robertson. Yeah, true. I believe this. What is it? 
I like the second line. Pavelski, Marchman, and Domi, and then it's Ben, um, Johnston. Wyatt Johnston, and, and Dodonov. Dodonov. Yeah, Man, that's fun. Dodonov's a fun player too. He's just all offense. Yeah, yeah. and then what's Bills it? Delandria, Glendening, and Foxa. Oh, my favorite line. That, that's a good line. My boy. Yeah. Put some respect on his name. Put some respect. It's a deep hockey team. Very fun. Very fun. But no, I'm uh it's been a good playoffs. I've really liked the randomness and how offensive it's been. Yeah. Very fun. Good it's been good hockey. That's for sure. But Not like, short of it. What's that? Like the most random the most random thing was like we had an eight four game yesterday. Was it a seven two game? And then it was a seven two game. game. Yeah, and then obviously <laughs> the night before you had Edmonton beat Vegas five one. Right. As well, so I mean, that's been yeah another another big difference too. So um, chaos everywhere. A lot of chaos, but uh, I think they'll kind of wrap this up. Wrap this up for this one, um, unless you guys have anything else. Um, quick Stanley Cup picks right now. Go. Oh yeah, because we haven't really done those. Um, wait, we're going to like the series or like actual winner. Winner. Who at this point in the playoffs? Who do you think is going to win it? I have money on Dallas. I'll stick with Dallas. Andy. Um. Yeah, I like Dallas a lot too. And then out of the East, I guess for the series, I think Florida right now. Honestly. Ooh. Yeah. It's staying in the West. Edmonton. Ah, McDavid. Uh, legacy. Actually, well, it's Dry legacy right now. Yeah. Which I guess, <laughs> man, we didn't even talk about Dry He's yeah. decent. Literally, gonna break records. I put him on my fourth line. My mind's looking to you. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Plug, plug and play. Plug like and I can, play, I yeah. I can also just I can also just hang around the slot and score in men's league. So what's he? How much different is he than I? Yeah, man, I can probably do what yeah. he's doing. He's not doing anything that impressive. Yeah, no, nothing. He's not. He's not about to pass like a hundred year old record for most goals in a playoff run. Yeah, I don't know. Has he even done anything good this playoffs? Yeah, no. that's a good point. That's a good point. He needs yeah. to be showed up soon. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> All right. I think that'll, that'll do it for this one now. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, make sure, support the podcast right now. Um, follow on Twitter, at TPLpod. Um, support the website, at or not at. It's theproductionlinepodcast.com. Not, not podcast, pod.com. Excuse me, I'm still getting used to the URL. Um, yeah, be on the lookout. I'm gonna start um, putting some stuff up. Look for us. Look for some fresh content coming out in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.